Chapter 36 of Balsamo the Magician by Alexander Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Balsamo at Home The house in St. Cloud Street, to which Joseph Balsamo invited the Cardinal Prince of Rohan, did not look strange in his day, but it resembled a fortress to such an extent that it would be remarkable at present. Strongly built and with barred windows and grated doors, to say nothing of the ditch in front and high balconies. It was in keeping with this part of the town, pretty unsafe at this epoch after dark. There were scarcely a dozen houses on the quarter of a league to the Bastille, and the municipal authorities did not think it worth while to supply lamps. Along this deserted and unlighted highway, a carriage was driven after nine one evening, which stopped at the low, deep doorway where gleamed the brazen griffin for a knocker which Count Phoenix had described. The arms of the nobleman were on the carriage panels. He preceded it by some yards, riding a Jarrett, who whisked his long tail till it whistled in the dust of the dirty pavement. Behind the closed blinds slumbered Lorenza on the cushions. At the rolling of the wheels, the door opened as by enchantment, and the carriage vanished in the black gulf of the mansion courtyard. There was no need of any mystery, for nobody was about to see the Count come home or mark what he brought, even if it were the treasure chest of St. Denis Abbey. A skillful calculator, given the size of the building lot and that of the house on street, would be surprised how so small a one covered so much ground. The fact of the matter was that there stood a house behind the outer house, known only to the tenant. A German servant, aged about thirty, closed the coachway door and bolted it. Opening the coach door while the emotionless driver unharnessed the team, he drew from within the senseless Lorenza, whom he carried indoors to an antechamber. He laid her on a table and discreetly wrapped her in her long veil to the feet. He went out to light at the coach lamps a seven-candle chandelier with which he came back. During that short space... Lorenza had disappeared. In fact, Count Phoenix had entered after the valet went out. He had taken up the girl in his arms, carried her out by a secret passage into a room furnished with trophies of outlandish weapons. With his foot he pressed the spring of the back plate of the high fireplace, which turned on well-oiled hinges, so that the Count could go forth as he did while the secret panel slid to behind him. On the other side of the chimney was another flight of steps, Mounting a dozen covered with Utrecht velvet carpet, he reached the sill of a room elegantly tapestried with satin, so wonderfully embroidered in high relief with flowers in their natural colors that they seemed real. The extremely rich furniture was of a boudoir and toilet chamber leading to a parlor. Curtains hid two windows, but as it was night they were not wanted to give light. Lamps burning perfumed oil burnt here night and day, for the room had no external openings. They were drawn up through apertures in the ceiling by unseen hands when they needed replenishing. Not a sound penetrated here, and one might feel as a thousand miles out of the world. But gilding flashed on all sides, and bohemian glass mirrors sparkled. Dissatisfied with the light after having placed Lorenza on a sofa, the Count struck a fire with the silver phosphorus matchbox, so startling to Gilbert and kindled two pink-candled chandeliers on the mantelpiece. Returning to Lorenza, and kneeling with one knee on a pile of cushions beside her, he called her by name. 
Though her eyes remained closed, she rose on one elbow, but without replying. Are you sleeping naturally, or through the magnetic spell? Lorenza sleeps in the magnetic sleep, she replied. Then you can answer my questions. Look into the room of the Princess Louise, which we have just quitted, and tell me if the Cardinal of Rohan is there. No, the abbess is praying before going to rest. Look through the house for the cardinal. Is his carriage at the door? Is it on the road? Come along nearer to Paris as we drove. Nearer. Ah, I see it. It has stopped at the toll bar. A footman gets down to speak with his master. Listen to him, Lorenza, for it is important that I should know what the cardinal says to this man. You did not order me to listen in time, for he has done speaking to the man, but the man speaks to the coachman, who is told to drive to St. Claude Street in the swamp by the rampart road. Thank you, Lorenza. The count went to the wall, pulled aside an ornament which disclosed an ivory mouthpiece, and spoke some words in a tube of unknown length and direction. It was his way of corresponding here with his man of trust, Fritz. "'Are you content with me?' asked the medium. "'Yes, dear Lorenza, and here is your reward,' he said, giving her a fond caress. "'Oh, Joseph, how I love you!' she said with an almost painful sigh. Her arms opened to enfold Balsamo on her heart. End of chapter 36 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia